that's one of you all thank you all for tuning in this is a late stream i know i know i know but shout out to those who are are late night owls and this episode is brought to you by roku uh check out roku you can uh see tons and tons of movies there they have uh tons of applications out there for you all to watch and view and uh we're going to get this thing going are the cowboys pieces in the right places basically uh this is what this interview is about and uh, we're going to listen to 105.3 the fan and they're going to give us details of how you know uh, you know how everything goes from here but let's continue to go let's continue to listen in to this thing right here really appreciate you guys of course hey better late than never right let's go and he was trying to figure with a Robert Quinn being here. I know Marinelli does because they had dinner. Right. Mm-hmm. They got to sit down and talk to each other about uh, you know what their plan was for for this team. And Robert Quinn was being traded, but he had to okay the trade. He had to make the decision on which team he was going to go to, and he said it really came down to the Saints or the Cowboys. And he was trying to figure exactly out uh, exactly what it was that he wanted to do. And the reason he chose the Cowboys, he said, this trade was a little different because I had two options. More professionally, they kind of allowed me to pick and choose where I wanted to go. When I had the opportunity to get traded here, I was excited. Right. He said the it was more of a gut feeling because sometimes your gut leads you in the right direction. So far, it's been a great transition for me. But the big thing was that Rod Marinelli's coaching style was the thing that attracted him the most. Now, I'll give you guys a back uh, story on this. This is Robert Quinn. Uh, when he had his uh, discussions of whether or not he goes sign with the Saints or whether or not he signed with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys. And the reason being is is that, you know, both teams are, are pretty much playoff caliber teams, but he decided to pretty much go with the Cowboys based upon Robert Quinn. And when you have Robert Quinn, I mean, based upon Rob Marinelli and the Robert Quinn situation, He's looking at it like, hey, Rob Marinelli is able to get me back to the graces where I was at beforehand. So all of this stuff, if you if you combinate all this stuff together, it's a plus for us having Rob Marinelli. I'm keep on calling call Rob Marinelli, Robert Quinn, and Robert Quinn, Rob Marinelli. But you guys get what I'm talking about, right? Let's go. <laughs> he said specifically, it was the way they allowed the defensive line to play high flying. We get to attack and get in the backfield more than at any other places. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of one of those where we could have fun and disrupt the backfield, which they want us to do. And he made a comment that back in the day, that was one of his his favorite times mm-hmm. was when he was playing on a defense that allowed him to be in a backfield, okay. going after, attacking, getting in. And what have I said since Rod Marinelli got here? This wow. defensive line, their whole goal is to – penetrate past the offensive line and create chaos well, i've been saying that since day one doesn't in, in a lot of his meetings he start off the meeting with showing when nature attacks absolutely and stuff like that yeah it's yeah. marinelli madness right and the whole plan is to every one of these guys I, I don't need you to sit there and just as a defensive tackle just slog up a hole i i want you to be able to make those tackles and 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 move guys around but i want four guys behind the offensive lineman attacking the quarterback or the running back because if all four of y'all are putting pressure on everything that's going on in that backfield where the ball is then a fumble is going to happen or an right. interception is going to happen or something like that 
And, and because hey, now the quarterback, I gotta move. I gotta, I gotta move. I gotta. Oh, I gotta make a throw because I have three off uh, defensive linemen attacking me right now. That's why they run the stunts. That's why they run the things they do. And what happened with the Rams was they were able to bypass that and take Jalen Smith out of the game by defeating the defeating them with the run game as well. So what? Yeah, two tapes that I want everybody to look at deeply, and that will be the Colts tape, of course. We didn't get a chance to score off, score on them, and that Rams take how they the opposition was able to run up the gut, and the biggest 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 problem was that we didn't have anybody to rotate inside. And Rob Marinelli, he's not going to do a lot of stunts. He's not going to do a lot of twist stunts inside. He's a one. He wanted his players to play downhill, one gap system, shoot the A or B, and uh, get to the quarterback. That's 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 the bottom line. That's how. Rob Marinelli uh, coaches up his front four. Now, if you start looking at the scouting tape on Jalen Smith and you look at the scouting tape on LVE, they have both big red flags. And I'm thinking that the blueprint was put out there by uh, by the coach for the for the Colts. Uh, he he actually was in the uh, process on the team of of, uh, of drafting Jalen Smith. He was in the uh, and he coached Jalen Smith for several years or whatever, the first year or what have you. Uh, that Jalen Smith was there as well as uh, the second year. And then on top of that, he he read and reviewed LVE's uh, scouting tape, so he knew exactly what Rob Marinelli uh, wanted to shield and hide against uh, defenses and offenses as it relates to their particular skill set. So with that being said. It's best to run right at them, up the gut, tack the weak side of the field, and that's hitting them where they are weak at, and that's just the bottom line. But this offseason, the Dallas Cowboys regrouped. They went and got a tons and tons of help inside. And uh, as regardless of how we look at it, I'm to the point, and I'm with the belief, if we were to substitute this particular front four that we got now into that L.A.'s Rams game, is that the L.A. Rams wouldn't have got 300-some yards rushing on us or whatever the number it was because now we have somebody that can fill into the gap and, and, and be a whole lot better than number 51. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, turnover is the key. Shout-out to you, Lou. We appreciate you. But the hope is is that Tristan Hill, Robert Quinn, Demarcus Lawrence, and whoever they whoever else they decide, maybe Tyrone Crawford, depending uh, <laughs> okay. on his situation, all those guys are able to – do this job at a higher level than anybody else uh, has so far. So they're trying to fix the the problem with talent and not try and scheme around that ever happening again. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the, the common thing that saying, this team hey, does. Yeah, well, and one of the other things too was Randy Gregory. That was a question mark. So they said, hey, let's make sure we don't have a hole there. True. We we'll, let's go ahead and and concede the Taco Charlton pick. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that there's anybody out there, 877-881-1053, that disagrees that no. the Taco Charlton pick just has not panned out yet. Maybe yeah, it never yeah. will. I don't, I, not with these folks in front of him now. What, when is his opportunity, and why, why would you want him out there if he's not showing anything? Exactly. And so I think one of the, one of the things is, hey, let's just let's concede the idea, uh, but we got to figure out how to make plays. This is an opportunity that presented itself. And that's what Quinn said. He said, making plays is what we have to do to keep our job. So if you don't give yourself something to shoot and look forward to, you're selling yourself short. I like to set the bar high. Last year, he had six and a half sacks and and 38 tackles, nine for loss. And I think Gregory had six sacks, 25 tackles, seven for loss. Right. Very similar. 
very similar numbers. They're they doing a comparison analysis be, between Robert Quinn and Randy Gregory. Uh, to, to save you guys and give you guys a little cheat notes here, Robert Quinn is better against the run. Gregory got a better bend off the edge. I, I have yet to see anybody with that bend that can put that shoulder blade on the grass and still cut up field. I, I, I like that aspect of it. But your best ability is availability, and hopefully the NFL can change some of the uh, drug policy rules as it relates to marijuana because we have another state that's, I think is Illinois, just declared that marijuana is now uh, legal in that particular state. So hopefully the NFL can stop just test these particular or those particular substance and let Randy Gregory's of the world get back out there. Now, if you add in Randy Gregory and then you rotate Robert Quinn, oh my goodness. But that's that's, that's just me wishful thinking. Um, but we will see. We will definitely see how these two guys going to mirror each other. Robert Quinn, who's better against the run, who don't have the exact band that, Robert, that Randy Gregory got, but he got a quick twitch and he got a quick burst off that LOS like no other. Boy, the boy can get in the backfield. Yeah. numbers. That was Robert Quinn playing in a, a defense that wasn't suited to him. True, he thinks true. that this defense is suited to exactly what he's good at. Yes. So if he yes. thinks that he can do better than what Randy Gregory did last year, while also be doing better than what he did last year. True. This true. defense might be something that we haven't seen before. Now, so. in your um, in your stats that you have over there, do you have how many pressures that he had? Or is that something that's he had? Well, it didn't not to pressures, but he had fifteen quarterback hits. So okay. I'll add that into it. So he had All hits right. too. Gregory had fifteen as well. Okay. Uh, in fourteen good. games. In fourteen. And games. and that was you know that's something else too that Marinelli added. He's like, look, we got freedom. We we can we can run around and do things freely and get to people. We we'll do those things. Right. But freedom comes with responsibility. There and you I think go. you saw that responsibility happen against the Rams. There where the responsibility of stopping the run never happened. Jerry never blamed happened. it on, on not wearing long cleats. <laughs> uh I'm still gonna say they just they had a better plan for the Cowboys uh run defense. Marinelli talked about it last year. I don't care if they know what we're doing. We have to execute what we're doing. And I think there is a thing that says, okay, you got to make sure that they you give them something they can't see. They're not expected. It's better to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. So this is what the Cowboys are doing. They're getting all of the guys together as far as, as it relates to the second and third string. Now, what they're talking about with the run against the run, remember – I did film breakdown on my guy D-Law and also number 96. Um, uh, you guys know how this thing goes, right? When you rush into one side of the field, you say, okay, how can I not run towards D-Law, who is also great against the run? It got so bad, Cowboy Nation. They had to actually bench Randy Gregory, and they also had to remove Tyron Crawford because he was uh, battling some elements out there on, on the field too. And what they did was they actually ultimately moved my brother from another mother, D-Law, onto the opposite side of the field to play right defensive end to slow down the pressure of the run or, or to stop the bleeding, what have you. As soon as they found that out, it was too late. They moved D-Law, I'm not trying to do no Ripley's, believe it or not. They moved D-Law to the right defensive end to slow 
and stop the bleeding. And once D-Law was moved to the right defensive edge, they didn't get they didn't get those big gashes of rushing on that pretty much on that right edge or their right center up the middle type of deal. And that's just how crazy it was for the uh, LA Rams. They were just running right up the gut on us. CJ Anderson, the bowling ball with legs, was just taking our hearts out, man, out of our chest. But we got some resurgence now. We got some, some regrouping that happened. And all this offseason, we are seeing the products right now. So the piece is looking like they are in the right places right now. Every once in a while. This is my this is my problem. This is kind of what I was pointing to when bringing about the, in order to fix yourself against what the Rams did to you, you went and acquired what you feel is better talent instead of trying to have a scheme that would stop that from happening as well. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the problem that I see for the Cowboys, not only defensively, where they're just telling, hey, we're going to run this, and we're going to run this better than you. But right. that's that's on both sides, and we're hoping that's going to be a change on the offensive side with, with Kellen Moore. And even though he may be running some of the same plays, not giving the same looks, not letting you know what's about to happen before it happens. They're just telling, hey, we're going to run this, and we're going to run this better that than you. That you. you see on great teams – and the Patriots do this very well. And you saw the two teams in the Super Bowl did this very well, where they don't let you know what's about to happen by just their formation, by just how they're lining up. They're going to do something else out of that. And you're questioning half the time when you're lining up what's about to happen. Hell, they scrapped the, the, the Patriots scrapped their plan in the middle of the game. Right. They were like, it's not working. And we didn't practice any of this stuff. But we got to trust that we have something that can work, that we can draw some play up that's going to get us in the imposition to score because it looks like this game is going to come down to a one-score game. And it kind of did. Right. So, so like, that's one of the things is you got to trust that you can be flexible with everything that you are, that you have the talent to be flexible. And I think true nobody that, has ever believed that Jason Garrett is a flexible coach. Right. Now – I kind of disagree with that to a point because fourth down time against the Rams, he didn't stop going for it. He was like, let's go for it. He, they went for it on fourth downs. That was Balls Garrett right there. I, I was pretty impressed. That was a big drastic change. I think that's Garrett saying, I just need to get to the playoffs. In the regular season, I'm not going to take any risks. When we get to the playoffs, we'll take those chances. We'll strategically take our, our opportunities to go ahead and make some different calls. Now, somebody asked on the on the fan text from the from the eight one seven. Do you believe the Cowboys are among the most improved teams of the offseason? Wow. If not, who do you put above them? We I gotta do. be up there. And so that that's there. my problem. And and think about that. You just mentioned Kellen Moore. That that's an improvement, right? I you you can say all the question marks about what Linehan is. Anything different at this point to me is an improvement. Because you're going to get something different. And if you're walking out there and people are saying they're running the Henry, then you can't you can't have that, especially if that's all they know you do all the time. So I think that is an improvement one right there. I think adding Pollard in the offseason uh, makes the backfield a little better. I am, as Fish said earlier, I am a little skeptical about what's going to happen with Zeke and if the Cowboys can have a good running game with him. Young Wilson, thank you for the donation to help grow the nation. Really appreciate it, fam. Appreciate it. 
But because of Pollard, you have options of what you can do. The dude has blazing speed. Right. I really look forward to getting that dude in space and seeing what he can do. Uh, the receiver option. I think that adding Randall Cobb is a big deal. Because I think that he's a better receiver than than Cole Beasley. Can he stay healthy? That's, That's the a question. question. Well, could yeah. Cole Beasley stay healthy? He had <laughs> some moments too. Right. I think Beasley felt... Like the system let him down, and that's fine. I hope he goes off and the system up in Buffalo turns him into an amazing player. Uh, But the (laughs) system here with Cobb, I think, can grow a little more. So I think that's an improvement. And I think Amari Cooper for a full season with Dak is an improvement. I think Travis Frederick coming back. An offseason with Connor Williams getting heavier, becoming a bigger man. I think that's that's an improvement. Adding Connor McGovern. Uh, so your offensive line, thats an I think that's a huge improvement to the depth. Plus, you got Cam Fleming, who I think you believe if he needs to go play left tackle for you, he can play left tackle if Tyron gets hurt. Right. So sure. that's just on the offensive side. And then the defensive side, adding Robert Quinn, the only place that they lack for me is safety. And yeah, yeah. I saw it too many times where he missed a tackle say. and didn't do what he could have done. There are other moments, but other than that, I think this, yes, is definitely one of the most improved teams this offseason – and they did a pretty good job of, of putting this thing together. What about you guys, man? It's in the chat box. Do you guys feel like um, it, this is like one of the most improved off seasons that we had so far? Uh, shout out to Jay Form. Shout out to Ernesto. Appreciate you, man. Give me some rest. Go, to, go ahead and get that uh, sleep action in. Uh, Young Wilson, uh, appreciate you again. Aloha. Yeah, I know it's still early where you at in, in Hawaii. I think it's still early right, right over there. Uh, Nick Blue, what's up? Um, I think Tony Pollard do bring in a new wrinkle. I think that uh, Kelly Moore would be able to utilize Tony Pollard, Jameis Olawale, utilize their skill sets a little bit better than what a uh, Scott Lenahan was able to do. And there's still, to be honest with you all, there's still maybe some growing pains. It may be a slow start. Uh, I want us to start off fast. But since we are playing common teams, meaning that or known commodities, because we, we know how the Giants uh, staff is, uh, are, and, and they don't have any new coaching philosophy, n- any new coachings out there. So I'm thinking that with my small mind, with my small uh, knowledge of the game, I'm thinking that we should play a little bit better. But I still think that there should be some growing pains. Should. There's, there should be some growing pains. Unless this guy just jump out there and everybody going to be like, man, this guy can walk on water. Uh, the reality of it is that that's not going to happen. There's going to be some hiccups here and there. Um, we showed our hand all season uh, to to give uh, the Rams coaching staff credit for exposing our D line. Yeah, and uh, Jay he put an article out here in the in the chat box, man. So I'm gonna have to take a look at that uh, uh, when I get a time. We'll take a look at it, Jay. And um, um, <clears throat> what else we have here, Marcelo? Uh, we are loaded. Uh, Marcelo says we are loaded. Yeah, we we are loaded. So. We'll see how all these things work together. We, we would actually have to just wait to after maybe a true preseason game. We'll have to wait and see. Oh, before they start kicking and one it back of them was up just- again. This preseason, this preseason, 2019, it's timeout. It's timeout for all of the BS that these backup quarterbacks have been doing. We want to see the backup quarterback throw multiple touchdowns. We want to see the backup quarterback not dink and dunk. 
or, or Dink and Dak, as everybody call it. We want to see these backup quarterbacks give us some action. Because in the last past years, the backup quarterbacks have just been, <laughs> been quiet out here. Outside of Cooper, I think, in one game, you know, Cooper uh, Rush. We were, we, I'm, I'm ready for these backup quarterbacks to step it up. Mike White, you got to step it up. If not, Jerry Jones should be on the phone and, and call an old boy out of retirement. What was this guy named? Uh, well, they just retired. They played in the league. They had sets of brothers or what have you. Or, or call somebody out of retirement. <laughs> we need some backup quarterbacks to, uh, to step it up this preseason. Let's go. Just a coaching change. Right, which is one that we were begging for. We were, we, were, we were needing something to happen like that. And like I told you, I was pretty sure he was fired the moment that it didn't work without Dez. And they had to spend a draft pick. And I, I believe that the person that was in Jerry's ear and said, no, we can get it, no, we can do it, was Linehan. So uh, as soon as that had to happen, I thought he was gone. Now, as far as as most improved teams, by the way, you, you missed uh, mentioning Michael Gallup. I think Michael Gallup is going to be something great on this team. Yeah, second-year Gallup. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Real quick, before you got really dive cool. in on this, I posted it earlier on Twitter today, and I didn't tag at 105.3 The Fan, but you always need to tag at 105.3 The Fan if you're talking to us, guys. Trust me. It's right. going to be awesome. Um, but uh, our friend Marcus Mosher posted uh, all the 20-plus yard catches from Michael Gallup. Wow. And Check I counted out. them. There were 13 of them. And that was in his rookie that's season, 20-plus yard catches. And most people started going off about, hold on, that couldn't have been Dak. Dak only throws six-yard passes. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this isn't a Dak post. This is a Gallup post. Right. If he did that last year, and that was kind of an anticipation, was he can be a deep threat kind of guy. But this is a dude that can get you 20 yards on a catch. Right. And that's in his rookie season, Colby. I agree with you, man. I think he's going to be that much better this year. That's going to add to what Dak can do as, a, as an offensive player. And, of course, if you're going to point at the inaccuracies of Dak, just remember also that there was a lot of times where Gallup was pointing at him because he slowed down in a route. Right. Or he, he took the route too deep or what have you, and it wasn't where it was de- designed to go. And there was a few times that it wasn't on Dak overthrow. Dak has accuracy issues, which I hope will be improved through John Kitna getting after his footwork and maybe he steps up in the pocket a little bit more and not as much as stepping back, and maybe that'll end some of that. I know that the Dak haters will still hate Dak. Uh, yeah, you can feel free to regard. do whatever you want to. I'm just rooting for the Cowboys quarterback uh, to do well. As as far as most improved teams, I think the Cowboys are in the list. Uh, also, I'd put the Browns, if you want to talk about somebody that's most improved. I might actually put them a little above just because of the hype train that's behind them. You had a receiver like Odell Beckham Jr. Right. I mean, and plus the draft picks they added to this thing, too. Right. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about Kareem Hunt's uh, (laughs) off-field stuff, but he is a good running back. And so your depth at running back is better. And so, yeah, now I think that they're going to lack defensively because they lost Greg Williams. Mm -hmm. And I think Greg Williams is a hell of a defensive coach. King of the Blitz. Go look back at that (laughs) Saints team. And I know they had Bounty Gate and everything, but that Saints defense that season – was on top of its game because of what Greg Williams was able to do. And I think they're really going to miss him. Now, I don't think he was the head coach of that team. No. But I, I agree with you, man. I think the I think the Browns are one of those teams that definitely did improve themselves this offseason. So people are, are saying Garrett sucks, and that was one of the we, – we, we brought up the Cowboys, and the first text that comes in is Garrett sucks. Okay, yes. There we go. I understand yeah. where you're standing at on that. Right now, Garrett's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Hopefully, 
he's able to listen to the young mind that they got going on and the offense will look better because that's I'm gonna say this about Jason Gary Red Ball or, or Coach Red and when I got a chance to meet him what have you he do he really do sound like he he says how you doing guys he, he does <laughs> he, he really does that um I just got to give him a pass, man. Uh, his back is against the wall. Uh, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones is not re-signing or extending him. So um, I'm just going to have to give him a pass on on my evaluation of J.C. Garrett. I know a lot of people will be like, oh, man, come on. The guy been here for almost uh, uh, 10 years now. Uh, what are you talking about, Law? But it's something about, man, when your back is up against the wall, everybody telling you that you can't do a certain job, and now you're trying to think outside of the box to save your job. I'm thinking that if you look back at it, and they was talking about this a little bit earlier, um, when he was going for it on fourth down, when he was going for it on fourth down, he probably was like reaching out to Scott Lennon and said, look, man, I need your help, man. What are you trying to do? You trying to sabotage me or something? Can you draft up or call up a better play? Uh, can you get the quarterback that can actually run the rock the ball or something? <laughs> Come on, man. But um, I'm thinking and in my mind um, that Jason Garrett this year, if we can just start off fast, man, man, um, it, it would be a whole lot better. Oh, and, and one of the backup quarterbacks that I would like to see on this team, believe it or not, is Coke McCoy. Uh, I think that the Washington Redskins are loaded with their quarterback situation. If we can get Coke McCoy as a backup, I'm just saying if, if Mike White and Cooper Rush not working out, at least I know Coke McCoy can do something, you know. Let me know how y'all feel about that. Let me know how you feel about true feelings, man. I don't want you guys to sugarcoat anything, but give me your full opinion, your full thoughts, your, your expertise, knowledge on Jason Garrett, on how you feel about Coach Red. Put that down in the, uh, in the chat box. Uh, Savage Time, if you know what I mean, he says, uh, Garrett is the weakest link. <laughs> uh Leave Jason Garrett alone, man. Leave him alone, man. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. Um, uh, in boxing, nine seven ninety seven said Coke McCoy is too injury prone. Mm, I didn't, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. I really didn't. Uh, Jay says, stop blaming Dirty Red, y'all. <laughs> he has a terrible GM. I can't imagine can't, they can't manage the cap, and, and he's right. It's just as bad as Jason Garrett or mediocre role as, as they call it as Jason Garrett Ben as the ultimate head coach in that same breath we had Jerry Jones in the picture and then I'm going to say this more and more as Jerry Jones is moving farther farther away 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 more and more we hear this this team is changing when they put everything on Will McClay and and, and that trust had to build up because if you guys really think about it, when they do the, the, the draft talk or what have you, remember <clears throat> when Will McClave was first on his team, you would never see him day one. You would never see him day one. But now you start seeing Will McClave into this thing day one <laughs> on the draft, you know, on the little show and what have you. Where, really where Garrett has control of the things on the football field. As far as the locker room's concerned, Garrett still has that locker room's ear. And that's the, that to me was been his his major case for staying as Dallas Cowboys head coach because everybody that walked out of that locker room are they're Garrett guys and they sound like Garrett. Yeah, they do. 
So he's got he's able to catch them and able to tell them and able to move them. Now if they can just Does that move make them, you think in contract year that they're gonna play they're gonna take it to that next level at some point? That may be Jerry's thinking. I don't think I don't think he's ever gonna have to ask them. Mm-mm. Guys, I need look, I'm gone if 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 y'all don't get there. But yeah. I do think that there will be a moment where they're gonna ha- they're gonna rally around him a little bit. And I don't think I think they start off hot and continue to get hot throughout the season. But I I think that that's gonna come in as a big factor of what these guys do because I think they like him. I agree. The the core of this so. team, when you look at it, the core of this team, every single one of them, the only pro football they know is with Jason Garrett as the head coach. Mm. That's the only pro football they know. They want to keep him around. <clears throat> they, they surely do. So that was the end of that topic. There. What are you grilling? There? I really appreciate you guys. Thank you all for tuning in to the nation. Um, we can, um, <clears throat> since it's so late, uh, we can still do one other deal. Um, I'm trying to get as much as I can out because my time is so limited, believe it or not. My time is just crazy, crazy, crazy. So you guys, when you when you see me do, do these late, late night shows, it's because I got to be doing something <clears throat> extremely busy the next day. And my time is just really crazy. So I, I would rather do it live than, than to be up all night and just talking to myself. And we still got people on the West Coast. So shout out to you all, man, that's here. And shout out to those who work in the late night shift. Uh, they hit me up and, and DM me and said, look, Law, hey, I'll be up. <laughs> you know, you can talk to me. And I said, okay, cool, cool, cool. And uh, we all family, right, 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 right. Let's talk about this um, Cowboys. Bigger talk. and Cowboys running back Zeke Elliott. Well, he's huge. He's been productive over the last three seasons. He's led the league in rushing and last season reaching a career high in touches. 381, which, oh, by the way, led the league. And his 2020 option, it's been right. picked up. $9 million. That goes for next about the Cowboys play caller, Rain Dakota Prescott. You may have heard of him. Mm-hmm. Also been rock solid for the boys. He trails only Tom Brady since 2016 when it comes to wins. Now, Dallas also winning a pair of NFC East titles with Prescott under center. He's in his final year of his deal, making $2 million. He has no option. That's due to his fourth-round draft status. Meanwhile, wideout Amari Cooper made the You're Cowboys about a deep the threat of reality man. last year, and he was traded to Dallas in late October. Now, Cooper helping the boys play their way to a 7-2 record and a division title in the process. And Coop, he's set to make 13.9 in the final year of his deal. And he's more worried about wins and losses as opposed to dollars and cents. Listen up. It really doesn't matter to me. Uh, not even really thinking about that. I'm, I'm just more focused on how I play and how I approach the game, how, the type of work that I put in. Let me just say this right quick, uh, Cowboy Nation. Uh, now, Cooper... Is, is, is a classic old school guy. He's so old school, man. He still got the poke chop sideburns going on right here. He got the, uh, you know, I, I don't know if he got the, the hairline pushback, but he got some type of pushback groove going on there. But my thing is with Cooper, he, he's such a classic guy, man. You really can't point fault at him. Uh, the way he handled the media, the way he went on first take and handled Skip, not Skip Bayless, uh, <clears throat> Uh, Stephen A. Smith, the way he was able to not fall into the traps of, of, of those things and, and try to weigh the, the Raiders opposed to the Dallas Cowboys. And we know both Raiders and the Cowboys, they, they are historic. <laughs> I mean, there's no other uh, uniforms out there that's better than theirs outside of the uh, – I can't say the 49ers uniform look good. I really don't like the way their uniform look. But the Cowboys uniform is just like A+. And then I would say – 
uh, B plus would be the Raiders uniform if you want to go back to the history. Uh, I don't think nobody else would be out there as far as uniforms. You guys put down in the chat box who got the real best uniforms out there. And as far as history overall, collectively, it's the Dallas Cowboys, man. <laughs> Flat out, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but let's listen in to what he has to say and finish this out. Uh, the, 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 the discussion that they're talking about is that should the Dallas Cowboys extend Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Tupac, Biggie, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> let's go. I really want to play well. I think everything starts with that. You know, if you play good football, you're going to be around for a long time. Listen, and, uh, you play I good football. I Cowboy for a long time. Like I said, I, I love be the organization. I love everything we have going on here. That's a good point. You play good football, you'll be around for a long time. We talked about that uptick in production just a little bit ago after that Cooper trade. Well, well, let's look at it. Let's look at it. You guys, you got to zoom in on your camera or on your phone or what have you or on your desktop, uh, three and four without him, right? Well, we lost that first game. It was like three and five. And he was just not trying to get his legs in front of him. Uh, but end up only losing two games with Cooper, and we became seven and two. Uh, 11 in passing yards per game. And then on top of that, third in completions, uh, seventh in uh, passer rating, and first in third down percentages. So if you start talking about that, Cowboy Nation, the Amari Cooper effect uh, is, is tremendous. Now what we want to do is fast forward and say, okay, we're giving Dak Prescott, Ray Dakota Prescott, all offseason, right, to work on the chemistry, to work on the, the, the small things that you need to do with wide receivers. You know, uh, it goes all the way back to one of the favorite Dallas Cowboys quarterback of all time. I'm talking about Troy Aikman. When they were able to work on uh, certain things with each other. Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin, when they was able to just get back with, with the graces of passing. And, and, and I remember Michael Irvin said that Troy Aikman can literally close his eyes and throw to a spot on the field and, and, and Michael Irvin will be there. And vice versa, Michael Irvin said, man, if he's running a straight route, a go route, and he and he does a, and he does like a, a late bend and he gets upfield. He can literally close his eyes or reach out with his hands and the ball is just going to be there. Now of course the Eggman is accurate as you know what, but that's the chemistry aspect of it, and that's what hopefully Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott will develop all this offseason. And I just can't wait for this thing to happen, Cowboy Nation. Let's see if I can finish the rest of that interview out. And uh, let's listen in to them so we can do some um, reviews and sessions. Here's a look at how actually productive it was. From bottom half to first overall when it came to third down percentage. And when you go from the bottom third to the top third in every category that matters. Every that category. Some pretty special Not some, things. every. So Dak and Cooper, both in the final years of their respective deals. This we know, Zeke's 2020 team option, that was picked up. So Reggie, why would it be better, at least in your estimation, to get all three of these cats locked up before the season gets underway, man? Well, we're talking about the triplets, right? That's what they call them. This, this uh, is Dallas. I mean, that's what they're known for, right? Exactly. <laughs> we got to keep these guys together, right? We all saw what Amari Cooper was able to do once they got him halfway through last season. He was able to, to enhance, in my opinion, Dak Prescott's game. And now that enhance. made everybody on offense better. We know what Ezekiel Elliott can do. He's one of the best running backs, arguably, depends on who you ask, in the game. 
the best in the game. He's say the wheels it. that Man. keeps that, that muscle Don't say car going up. Yeah. Say Give the him best. the ball whenever and all things go bad. Now, this is what I bring out the caution tape. Just <laughs> okay. a little caution tape. Where, okay. where is it? Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, I'm just not so sure about Ooh. him just yet. Ooh. Numbers sometimes lie. They say numbers <laughs> don't lie. Numbers. No, they don't, man. Numbers don't sometimes lie. I tell you what. I tell you what. Since he's saying that sometimes numbers lie, how about you cut me your paycheck? And I, you know what I mean? <laughs> you cut me one of those uh, NFL Network paychecks, or you cut me one of those wide receiver uh, uh, paychecks that you got when you played for the Colts or what have you. And we'll see whether or not those numbers lie. And I give you one of mine. You know, we'll see whether or not the numbers lie as far as work production slash what you getting paid. Let, 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 let's, let's do that. Numbers sometimes <laughs> lie. And my thing is, if What's Dak up, Jordan? Prescott is Appreciate playing you. without Ezekiel Elliott, where would he be? We saw glimpses of that when Zeke was on suspension. The numbers wasn't as good. Dak struggled. He struggled to find open receivers. He struggled to get guys open. That's what good quarterbacks do. Mm-hmm. Now, whenever uh, Dak Prescott is out there without Zeke, mm-hmm. he is four and four. That's not a good. That's not. It's five hundred. But that's not going to. My only thing when I when they start talking about Dak Prescott without Ezekiel Elliott debate, I just wish sometimes you know, <clears throat> not calling myself a homer with this. But where would what would what would have happened with Peyton Manning without Edgerin James his first few years, you know? I want somebody to be able to find those stats for me. I want somebody to to look that up for me. Because Peyton Manning without Edgerin James, let's see how those numbers look. And we can start going on. Um Thurman Tom uh, Jim Kelly without Thurman Thomas. Uh-huh. Troy Aikman without Emmett. Somebody pull up those numbers. I know Troy Aikman was like 1 in 15. <laughs> so I want somebody to bring up the fact that what are, what happened when you do take away the premier running back. And it's not just the quarterback that struggles. It's the offensive line. They got to learn different cadence. Got to learn different uh, lane discipline. It's also the... The defensive teams playing you a little bit different. They they said, okay, now we don't have to load the box. Now we have to take away the other side of the ball, like taking away the pass. So we really want to take a look into things. I wonder how uh, Jamal Lewis, you know, the Jamal Lewis, what I'm talking about, for the uh, Ravens, if you were to take away him, with that 2,000 Ravens still would have been the 2,000 Ravens. You know, a lot of people sleeping on Jamal Lewis when he was running for the 2,000 Ravens. So, you can't just say, okay, we're going to take away the running back and the quarterback still should be able to do his thing regardless. Hmm. Let's go with it. So win that division. Whenever Omar Cooper was there, Dak Prescott, he was 8-3, and three, right? But when- oh, yeah, or Kurt Warner without uh, Marshall Falk. They said also Peyton Manning had Marshall Falk. I didn't know that. I, th- I thought Marshall Falk, he had Marshall Falk for one year, right? I just remember Edger and James with Peyton Manning. It was like a match made in heaven, and they was trying to start to talk about the triplets with them. But it's a story of a different day. Without Amari Cooper, he was three and four. So I'm not sure what Dak Prescott can do when these guys are not there. <laughs> now they're there. Yeah, they're there. Play, yeah. He plays well with them. Yeah, they're there. there. But whenever it gets crunch time, and you focus on those guys, 
I'm just not sure what Dak Prescott we would see. It seems as if Dak needs those auxiliary pieces around him, but what do you oh, think? Would it be who the oh, Cowboys if they, they had all these guys put the pen to the paper before 2019 got underway? Definitely. I mean, they're there. Hey, before he, be going, before he began, I'm just going to let him go. So yeah. you got to go with <laughs> who's there in the building, in the chemistry. Chemistry yeah. is everything in a locker room. Chemistry is everything on a football field, and these guys fit each other well. Amari Cooper is a receiver. He's not going to cry for the ball. When he gets his targets, he's just going to show up. Thing with Ezekiel Elliott, nine, week 9 through 17, he finished first in everything, you know. So he loves the light box that Amari Cooper is uh, setting up for him. And Dak Prescott, his wins, 9 through 17, he's tied for first. Completion percentage, fourth. Passing yards, fourth. Mm. So they make each other better. They got to feed off each other, keep the triplets together in the chemistry. It's undeniable. Yeah, it seems like Amari Cooper just wants to go out there, win games, and grow out those sideburns. But what do you, what do you think? Should the Cowboys, should they get all three of these guys locked up before 2019 gets started? Those sideburns are they're out of control. But there, I think there's something to be said for how quickly and how seamlessly these three guys came together. So right. to kind of bring together both of, of the storylines you guys, you guys um, mentioned earlier, I think there's something to be said for how Dak has steered this ship, specifically with these two guys. So yes, having weapons on the ground, in the air, is paramount. But I think maybe he's not getting the kind of the credit where credit needs to be given here okay. for. Yeah, because, hey. <clears throat> Everybody's not giving him the credit, but it's, it's hard to play without your premier running back. And you have a coach that's only thinking of one side of the field. And then it's the scheme thing, like my guy Jay said. This is a scheme thing, yeah. For Dak specifically, he has the second most quarterback wins in the NFL, 32, since 2016. That's second only to Tom Brady, who has 35. So you have to realize that he does have, even perhaps he hasn't reached that peak potential, Reggie, okay. that you want to see. But I think that there's something there and that he's been able to bring this particular formula, as Brandon mentioned. And I think investing in them is investing in that formula and what could, it could really build to in the coming season. Well, just keep in mind when it comes to average and value no team across the league has a quarterback running back and wide receiver inside of the top 10 highest paid players at that respective position mm -hmm. so it's going to be a sticky situation down there in dallas getting that pen to the paper so yes let's so, move the story along 20 so <clears throat> that's the end of that part of it and um it's crazy cowboy nation when you start looking at to this thing um <clears throat> my thing is let's just let's just wait and see, like I said before, the average running back is three to five years. Quarterbacks can play up to 15 to 20 years. So, I mean, <laughs> that got his time to shine, right? And hopefully, hopefully something can pan, pan out through there. Hopefully something can. Um, We will see, Cowboy Nation. That's all the time that I have for this beautiful day. I actually got to give me some water and stuff. I ran out of my water. My throat is a little parse. But I really appreciate you guys. Thank you all for tuning in to the nation. That's been my time. I really thank you all for yours. And remember, you're listening to nothing but the best. Salute. I'm out. Peace.